Welcome back to the Zero Weakness Podcast, where we talk about how to be a better lifter, how to be a better coach, and everything in between. Make sure you subscribe and enjoy. All right. Welcome back to the Zero Podcast. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Establishment Coffee. Head to their website. Use the code. <laughs> get 20. I've never what done that. Have I ever done What's that? The intro? Code? I don't think you have. Zero 020. Zero 025. Zero 025. 25% off and free shipping. Yay. Get you know, all the W's. <laughs> you know, when you start doing the intro, it just reminded me of uh, the old potty. And then I found that uh, little sound on the internet for the intro. That was the jazz music. Yeah, for some nice. reason I felt like it needed to have the jazz behind yeah. it. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah, no, the jazz is nice. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, how was everyone? Amazing. Really good. We're good? Great. Fantastic. What have you been up to, CJ? Um, What have I been up to? Gosh. Just back to normal. Training, um, filming the nutrition course. is nice. probably, I think it's the biggest project we've ever done by far. <laughs> yeah, it just keeps going. <laughs> it just doesn't end. <laughs> just hours. Have you got much left to go? No, it doesn't feel like, no. it. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like one one more little bit and then we're nice. done. That's so cool. Um, done filming and then editing, putting it together, all that stuff. Yes, we're just nearly wrapping up just the filming side of things. So yeah, that's been what I've been real busy with. And what about? Um, sorry to interrupt. You go first. No, no I was just going to say, what about eating? I yeah. was going to ask the same thing. Did you notice how when we came, like when he came in, he was like singing? And like, yeah. Seemed to oh, be no. awake now. Yeah, mm. absolutely. You got a little bit of a pip in your step. You don't realize like how horrible oatmeal tastes when you've got nothing in it. <laughs> like when it's just water and oatmeal. Um, but yeah, this morning had it with milk and honey and all the good stuff. Yummy. So very happy. <laughs> and the kebab was your first meal? Uh, a HSP. HSP, and halal snack pack. Yes. Uh, it was my first meal breaking it, and I regretted it the next day. <laughs> I bet. All day. <laughs> All day. Oh, no. Yeah, it was bad. Oh, TMI. <laughs> <laughs> Did you wake up with, like, cotton mouth in the middle of the night from all the sodium? You know when you, like, if you have something like a big pizza or something, mm. you wake up and you're like... That was me yesterday. Yeah, that was me last night. That makes sense now. Why, I, had you I, had, I had pizza for dinner. I got Marie's pizza. It wasn't very good. I had Merlin's pizza. So I had a huge pizza. Yeah, it was like a 13 inch one. I don't know what either of those things are. <laughs> oh, just Marie's is it like a franchise. Yeah. yeah. And their their thing is like, they. I like less is more with my pizza, but they just pile stuff on top of theirs. It was too much. Yeah, yeah it wasn't very good. Yeah, I've been on a wee pizza kick lately. Uh, uh, yeah, so I had a massive uh, pizza last night. I feel disgusting today. I'm not a pizza guy. Really? No. You either, no. CJ? No, neither, no. Like wow. a, a proper, very simple Italian yeah, style exactly. pizza, mm-hmm. I, I can do, but I, I don't get around like Domino's. No, oh, no, 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 no. that's not so real bad. pizza. Yeah, oh yeah but God. Marie's is that not? Just <laughs> no, like but it's downstairs fan, from it's down, fancy Domino's. <laughs> it's not. It's horrible. It's downstairs from my place though, so it's convenient. Uh, so that was your thought process last night. What <laughs> well, the most horrible <laughs> thing I could think of for dinner? Oh, I'll get Marie's. Well, no, because we were oh, walking past it. mum and dad and and my brother and I were walking past to this restaurant next door, JFX Noodle. We were going to go there, and then we see oh. next door these people eating pizza, and we're like, that actually looks pretty nice. Maybe we want pizza instead. And isn't no. JFX really good though? It's excellent, it's but so I get good. it too much, and it's a bit expensive too. It's so good. Yeah. Do you know uh, what I did last Friday? So I fasted twenty four hours. Nice. Yeah, nice. I didn't eat from Thursday. 
six o'clock or seven o'clock, whatever. And then, yeah, 22 to 24 hours. I can't remember where which, it was around there. And then so I could have a, a huge pizza. So I bought this like, this flash like artisan style pizza. But then I bought like three different cheeses and some like, uh, some like cured meats and put it on top of it. Drizzled in olive oil. It was, it was hectic. Nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's the, the kid's name that you got the inspiration from? The jujitsu kid? Oh, the pizza. Yeah. yeah that's why I'm on a little pizza kick. This guy eats pizza and it looks really good. He eats once a day. <laughs> he eats once a day every day, but he makes his own pizza and pasta he, every single uh, night. For me, it sounded like the dream. He has like 8,000 calories in one <laughs> In one meal. <laughs> and that's how he lives his life. calories. <laughs> how good is that, eh? 8,000. <laughs> Tom, bro, what have you been up to? Uh, I don't know. Working, <laughs> existing, mm. not living, just existing. Oh, <laughs> that's sad. <laughs> I like existing. <laughs> yeah, stuff living. <laughs> no, nah, like CJ said, we've been filming a bunch of stuff. There's a whole heap of stuff happening in the background of everything. Ten zeros and ten federations and Amazing. all the rest of it. Nice. Chamez. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what have I been up to? Yeah, not much either. Just fucking existing. Running. Yeah, running. And what about you, Bridget? Uh, I, Muay Thai. I know, my foot's so bruised. We started kicking now. Nice. <laughs> nice. We learned those. We <laughs> yes, learned them. We've started. We've started. But yeah, so much harder. It's so. It's like the opposite to powerlifting. Because mm. the whole time they're like, oh, you're really stiff. Like you're holding your breath. Just relax. Just move. Just breathe. And yeah, so I've got to like retrain myself to think like that. And you've got to stay on the balls of your feet. So mm. everything's the opposite. Mm. But yeah, it's so fun. But my you, foot's all black and blue. Yeah, so, you can get yeah. jacked calves. Yeah. Bouncing yes. around on your toes yeah, all day. Yeah, look out. Nice. You yeah, realize no. how much energy it takes to throw a kick? Oh, man. It takes so much yeah. energy to throw a kick. Yeah, yeah, it's exhausting. My legs wouldn't even go high enough to throw a kick. <laughs> like, you know when you see them doing like bag work, like heavy mm. bag work? I'm like, my leg doesn't actually go that high. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I couldn't do that shit. Yeah. Um, all right, quote it up. All right, who's got a quote? I do. No, no, before quotes, what are we grateful for? CJ, what are you grateful for? <laughs> yeah, I'm grateful for food. Nice. <laughs> good good food, good tasting, savory food, and sweet foods. Tom, bro? Uh, I'm grateful for uh, my mindset. Ooh, nice. the grind set. The grind <laughs> set. Definitely not the grind set. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm... You know, when you're, when you're surrounded, especially but when you see newer lifters, you know, really struggling to see, um, see the bigger picture and, you know, really getting upset by a bad session or by being injured or whatever. I'm grateful that I've, I've had skin in the game for such a long time that nothing gets to me in that sense. So like I'm, I'm dealing with a weird nerve pain in my hip that's causing a lot of discomfort outside of the gym. And uh, it's really taking away from something that I really love, which is walking buddy in the morning. Like it's making my walk something that I dread instead of something that I love. And I get the choice to go through it every day and just be like, uh, can I push through this? Am I strong enough to push through this? Like I, I'm, I'm grateful that I've had skin in the game for long enough to the point where I can do that. Nice. And still be working towards a goal. That is, that's a good grind set. Gidge, what are you grateful for? Uh, family. My family's here visiting again and it was so nice. We had our second Christmas or our first Christmas and we got to open all our presents together the other night. So that was really special. Yeah. yeah. Lighten up, Dad. Yeah, Dad. 
this, this next quote goes out to you, Dad. <laughs> um, what am what's I? Your, yeah, what's your grateful? <laughs> I am grateful for my health. A few, nice. a few weeks ago, I was sick, and I reckon it was the sickest I've been as an adult. And it was really bad. And it was like, it was vertigo. Well, I think it was vertigo. But me and my brother used to roast my mum for having vertigo. And it was the worst thing ever. So, um, yeah, I'm grateful for my It health. is by far the worst thing I've ever had. Wow. Legit, hey? This is one of the worst things I've ever had. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I was such a sook when I had it. I literally didn't know what was going on. Because, well, for me, you know how a vertigo, your eyes are constantly moving like that, mm. even though you're looking straight. So... The world looks like it's shaking. But even when you close your eyes, you still get dizzy. It hurts, right? Yeah. yeah. I was literally in bed like this, like groaning. <laughs> was, and then when we went to the doctors, I literally like had to close my eyes on the drive there and then like put my hand on my mum's back and walk <laughs> into the clinic. I was so embarrassing because I was just like watching this like little five foot Asian woman with her son like this behind him, like going, oh, mom, not too quick, not too quick. Imagine if your mom went, all right, CJ, worst. you can look now, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> and I start like falling to the ground in dizziness. It is the worst. Yeah. What brings it on? I have no idea. I've, never, I've only had it once. Mm. Um, they say apparently after you've had it, don't go to high altitudes. Like don't take a plane flight or anything like that. Apparently that... Throws equilibrium. That's lucky you mentioned that because I was just about to jet set around the world. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was about to go on a 20 hour flight. It's all right, bro. When you get the clearance from the doctor, just get them to send me the doctor's certificate (laughs) from the other week, too. Been waiting for that in my email, but we'll talk about that after. Uh, Don't you think that's actually fucked, though? You got to get a doctor's certificate, like for things like that, to an extent? Yeah, I I mean, like from an employer's perspective, I get it. From an empathetic human being perspective, it's like you're dying in bed. Oh, by the way, yeah. <laughs> when when, you, when you're not dying for half an hour, just hop in the car, put everyone out there in danger because you can't see straight and head to the doctor, so they can say, "Yep, are you sick?" But, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But the worst part about it is, you can just go get a doctor's certificate for nothing. Yeah. Like yeah. you just walk in and go, "I and need, I one. need one for work," and they kind of have to provide one for you. Right? Yeah. 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 I think you can get some. Clinics let you get them like online or mm. something like that, I think. Yeah, because people yeah, were wasting going. their time. Doctors yeah. were booked out during COVID in there, so they made it so you don't need to go in and get one. Yeah. Yeah, wild. Yeah, wild. Mm. Mm. So, uh, yeah, Dr. Hamad Khan, if you're listening to this, can you send my boss up? <laughs> <laughs> Hamad Khan. Can you send my boss up, Dr. <laughs> Hamad Khan? Uh, um, shout out the doc, the good doc. Uh, um, Wait, who's Hamad Khan? Or did you just make No, that's my doctor's name, name yeah. <laughs> that's the bro, HK. The bro. HK. Um, uh, all right, quotes. Hit me with a quote. Bridget. Okay, i got to get this right. This one goes out to you, Dad. <laughs> It's uh, the world is a looking glass. It gives back to every man a true reflection of his own thoughts. Rule your mind or it will rule you. Ooh. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) My dad actually has that hanging on his wall at home too. That was where I got it from. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cheer up, dad. (laughs) My mom's got really cheesy things on the wall. Live, laugh, love. (laughs) She might have something along those lines, but like a really long one that's like... In this house, we do togetherness. In this house, we smile, we laugh. It's really ironic when she's standing in front of it, front of it screaming at me <laughs> for putting putting the glass at the wrong angle in the dishwasher. I'm sorry, mum. <laughs> the wrong angle. 
<laughs> James. <laughs> All right. Um, <clears throat> anything is possible unless it is impossible. And then you can't do it. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, so I typed in stupid quotes that don't make sense because oh I was like, all right. This will be way I- better. Ironically, that does make sense though. <laughs> That's the irony of it. Oh, jeez. Uh, There's a page on Instagram. I need to find it. It's something about like uh, like fake affirmations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Dave Concrete always posts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're hilarious. They're the best. The, the other one I really love is called Entrepreneur. It's, an, it's, it's like Entrepreneur, but spelt wrong. Mm. And it's just like those real cheesy, like grind set quotes, but done real stupid, <laughs> like really oh. far out stupid. And they're the best. <laughs> have to see them. Quotes. Who's got, who's next? The only true wisdom is knowing you know nothing. Ooh. I like that. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come on. White belt mentality. That's right, baby. Uh, <laughs> making everything about jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> CJ. Um, That's what it's going to be like for a while now. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no, yeah. It'd, be, it'd be like... Oh man, I had such a good burger last night. Yeah, jujitsu last night. We were just talking about it. <laughs> yeah, funny you mentioned that. I had a guy sandwich. <laughs> uh, All right, CJ, quote um, it up. It's better to hurt in truth than to take comfort in lies. I like that. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's okay. great. Truth will set you free. Yes. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> I um, someone sent me a screenshot. This was like years ago, but it was like my Bebo thing. Nice. And I wrote on Bebo because um, this chick I was seeing uh, when I was like fourteen or something, we broke up, and then I put on Bebo. The truth will set you free. So some shit must have gone down. Damn, that's heavy. Mm. That's heavy. Fourteen-year-old Henny. Have you recovered? Yeah. Nice. Everyone, no one forgets the first. <laughs> Um, have we got any news? What's happening in Zero Tom, bro? Anything hectic? Anything new? You got another 10 gyms opening up? Um, yes. No, no, not another 10 gyms opening up, but the the next gym, um, overnight, we got some news that, uh, is looking pretty promising. Mm -hmm. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully that's happening. Excuse me. Jeez. Um, the cat's out of the bag anyway. Um, John's mentioned it on a podcast over in, in the UK. So we're, we're opening a gym in the UK. Uh, we've, we've just had a hard time finding a place over there. So that one was actually meant to open before Cairns. Um, but yeah, have have had a hard time finding a place. So that's now looking a little bit more promising coming into the new year. Can't speak too soon. Nothing's happened just yet. But hopefully that one's not too far away. That's exciting. Can you disclose where about in the UK? Uh, in Wales. Any, any part of... Is it where Jordan lives? Yeah, 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 he lives in Cardiff. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. that's exciting. Nice. That's awesome. Um, all right. Uh, I, w- I wrote down a few things I wanted to talk about today. The Wait, f- hang on. We got more zero news. What else? Oh. State sold out overnight. Yeah. Ooh, okay. 150 lifters. So mm-hmm. good. Which is pretty crazy, like for a local competition. I mean, mm-hmm. state competition, but really it's a local competition. 150 yeah. people. It's the biggest local competition that we've ever run, so... That's going to be a big weekend. Um, hopefully, James doesn't get vertigo again that <laughs> weekend. Hey, we'll see. We're going to need you. <laughs> and need all hands on deck for that one. Um, yeah, so States is, States is looking pretty big. Uh, I mean, I mentioned it at the start of this podcast for the first time publicly, which is the Zero Pro. Um, so we'll be doing a pro event towards the end of the year. 
Um, we got our combos in production. Our first run of monos and benches arrives. It's meant to arrive tomorrow, uh, but as always with uh, shipping stuff, that's probably not the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll have a, a, a brand new Zero Mono here in, in the next week or two, which is exciting. There's lots happening. Yeah. That's sick. Can I, um, I just want to double down on the Zero Pro. Yeah. Can we talk about it? Can we tell people what, what, what's that going to look like? Yeah, look, I'd love to, but uh, if I said that I'd planned all the details, um, I'd be lying. <laughs> truth will set you yes. free. <laughs> no, so the vision for it is um, an alternative to uh, an APL Open Nationals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so instead of doing a national, uh, a labeled nationals, it's a pro style event. Um, it's not by invitation. Anyone can enter it, but you'll have to enter in your relative division, which you'll have to qualify for. Those divisions will be in dots categories. So haven't planned the dots categories yet. Don't know exactly what they are. Anyone will be able to enter. But the idea is, is that, you know, if you and I both have a 400 dots, but you're 75 and I'm 115, you wear sleeves, I wear wraps, even though completely different people, we're on the same level playing field. Mm -hmm. And so it makes for a better competition. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, it's not going to be like, you know, in weight classes, sometimes you have the leader of the pack that's 100 kilos ahead and then second and then third and there's no competition. It's just people, you know, setting places. The hope is to to drive a bit harder of a competition. And I've just been, you know, I've been exposed to a lot of these high-level competitions for a long time and each one does something cool uh, but is missing things. So trying to piece together from all these cool competitions that happen around the world and and put together something uh next level Mm -hmm. yeah when i when i look at uh because i do the same as you thomas i look at comps i watch a lot of powerlifting so and i watch a lot of different federations comps and i think when i watch people like the usapl i think there's such a well-oiled machine the comps run so smoothly they're they're really professional in their approach Mm -hmm. but they just don't look exciting Uh and then you know like we went to that deadlift only comp last year um like it was pretty hectic. I don't know uh, how much structure there was or whatever, but there were fireworks. It was so fun. There was a burger stand there and it was just in like an old abandoned warehouse. I liked how they are. Uh, is that a WRPF me? Capo. Capo, Capo, yeah. me, sorry. And I like how like the location was only announced the night before or the day before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So I like things like that. But yeah, there's, um, no, I'm excited for the zero. I just wanted to ask as well about the dots thing. Yeah. Have we got a dots that is, is there now a dots that is like fear? Do, do you know what I mean? Where like, I know back in the day, Wilkes used to. Oh, well, d- dots is probably the most fair, well thought out formula there is right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I remember the old Wilkes formula that used to really favor heavyweight lifters. Uh, and especially lightweight lifters. Yeah. M- yeah. Middle of the pack was, was much harder. Mm-hmm. Um, I think dots is a, is a lot fairer. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. When, when open powerlifting switched from Wilkes to Dots, there was a lot of controversy because it changed like the who was good the number one rankings. Yeah, mm. yeah, people went from being the number one powerlifter in the world to not the number one powerlifter in the world. Um, but yeah, I think it's pretty readily accepted that Dots is the formula for the time being. I like how in open powerlifting you can uh, filter through them all though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's always the same guys that are at the top. So if you're good yeah. at powerlifting, you're, you're good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. The issue with Wilkes is that it was based on results from equipped lifting and from like the 80s, 80s and 90s. And back then, just the pool of lifters favored more towards the middle of the, the pack. So there weren't many light people and really heavy people. It was all just like 100 kilo lifters. And so if you were a really good heavy or light lifter, you looked way better. 
because back then there weren't many of them. So even as they started to grow in numbers because powerlifting got bigger, the formula never adjusted. Then he tried to make Wilkes too, uh, but that was after his name had been tarnished. And so, yeah, no one was going to take that on board. Yeah, why would you bother? Mm. Um, <clears throat> one thing I wanted to talk about today is, because a lot of people ask me, what does my training look like right now? Because powerlifting isn't my priority. I know a lot of our audience, powerlifting is the priority. But um, Thomas, you'd be able to answer this good as well. How do you, how do you train when lifting isn't the main priority? So there's a lot of ways we can look at this. Like someone that was a powerlifter and now doing something else where they still want to do powerlifting. Mm-hmm. Or if someone's a rugby player and, you know, they've got a season uh, where they have to stay healthy, but they still have to train. If you're an endurance athlete. Um, yeah, how do you train when lifting isn't the main priority? When lifting isn't the thing? My advice would be just to quit all other endeavors and only focus on powerlifting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Running, jumping, sports. Waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> what do you Useless. get out of that? I agree. I agree. Like when you walk onto a train, you don't think I'm the best rugby player on this train. <laughs> when I walk onto a train, I think I bet I could out deadlift every <laughs> single person yes. on this car. And you know what that means? That means I own the train. <laughs> By default. By default. Have you seen that meme where it's like walking into my uh, workplace knowing I bench press yeah. more than my boss? Which means technically I'm, I'm the yeah. CEO or whatever. <laughs> I thought about that. I was like, fuck. I, I work for the worst company to do that. Yeah, the worst. Yeah, well, it makes me nervous every time Coops comes in. Yeah. <laughs> One day he's just going to be like, give me the keys and I have to be like, okay. There you go, brother. He's you go. waiting for this day. Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy. Um, well, I mean, like, I think everyone can predict what we're going to say because we say this every episode, but the first step is to sort of sit back and work out what your expectations are and mm-hmm. what, what's a priority. This is the biggest thing when it comes to multiple sporting endeavors is if everything is the priority, everything will suffer because of it. So at one point in time, something has to be a priority. You can do multiple things at the same time. And you know what? If you're not completely invested in something like strength sports, you should do multiple things at one time. Like, why not? Makes It just makes you healthier, happier, better. If you've got multiple hobbies, chase them. There's nothing wrong with it. And if someone says, you can't focus on running while you're lifting, it's just silly, right? Mm. But if you're trying to be the best lifter and you're trying to be, you know, breaking records or breaking personal records running, one of them's probably going to suffer. Uh, sorry, both of them are probably going to suffer. Whereas if you can go, okay, I've got this competition, March 14th, I'm going to be, uh, you know, running. You can push powerlifting, lifting weights slowly onto the back burner and have it simmering there while you focus on that. After that, you can reassess what's my next goal. And then you just sort of buffer either one of them up or down according to what your immediate goal is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to look at it through a different lens. I'm going to look at it through like a footy player's lens. Uh, So we've just had some a player come in here for his off-season. Obviously, in his off-season, he's got no no field-based training sessions so Mm -hmm. they're not doing contact they're not doing anything so there we can push training a little bit harder um so obviously for someone like him lifting isn't the main priority but in the off season i guess it is like if you're trying to develop qualities uh that he's not getting from his sport so if you're trying to develop uh you know uh, attributes like strength speed power they got to be a priority in the off season that's when you prioritize it and then i think after that during the season then it's just minimum effective dose Mm. um and that's where i'm kind of going with my training at the moment because i'll always lift weights uh in some type of capacity but at the moment i'm lifting weights maybe once or twice a week it isn't a priority for me i do it because i enjoy it still Mm. um i need that one session where i just go and shift some tin but for me it's just the minimum effective dose i pick some exercises i know that i um 
that I that I love that I enjoy. I pick a few exercises that I know that like, you know, by doing this exercise, I'm going to develop this. Uh, it's going to help me with this attribute. This is going to help uh, for my running to an extent. Um, like, oh, well, I'm not doing it for that point. I'm, I do RDLs because they're good for my hamstrings. Mm-hmm. And I know it'll strengthen my legs. Therefore, it's going to help a little bit with my running. But I'm not so specific that I'm like, okay, cool. I need to train this quality in the gym to get this uh, for my performance. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's just all about trying to find – I know we've – it's easier said than done, but just trying to find that balance. And like, like we always say, every single episode is managing your expectations. Am I going to get big, strong and jacked from lifting weights once, twice a week? Nah. Um, But am I going to fill that void or that need of lifting weights or, you know, to help with another sport? I probably will be doing that a little bit. Yep. 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 I think it's, it's, it's good to take reassurance here in how little you need to do to be decent at something as well. So like if we, I, I like to look at another skill because I'm so invested in lifting. So if I look at my ability to, to play piano, I don't put in enough work, time, effort to get any better at it. Like I'm very well aware of that. So I very rarely push hard to learn something new. I know what pushing hard to learn something new looks like and I'm very well aware of when I'm not doing that. However, I play frequently enough to maintain what I've got. And the frequency required to do that is so low. Like I can play once a week for less than an hour and stay as good as I am right now. Uh, And lifting, running, fitness, if you look at fitness, not just as like aerobic fitness, but like your ability to train. So train rugby, train table tennis, train lifting weights, whatever it is. You don't have to do much at all. So you just come into the gym once a week or two times a week. If there's a decent level of intensity... Like, and not even that hard, but a, a semi-decent, like you're not just sandbagging it, you won't go backwards. You just won't get any better. So you'll maintain muscle, you'll maintain strength, you'll feel good, you'll maintain performance, you won't go backwards. If you ever want to push harder, you're ready to go from day one. Um, and so it's the same with running, it's the same with sporting stuff. And this is what people tend to get scared of. They bring something else in and they're trying to push everything to try and move forward at the same time. You got to do it in seasons. Like go hard at something for a while or change your mindset to be like, I'm happy to be half decent, pretty good functional at a number of things, but not really get that much better at it. I I, I think as well, because I've, I've fallen down the track before of, all right, so my training has to complement what I'm doing outside of here. Mm. When, in reality, uh, when in reality, it really doesn't have to at all. Like if you like bodybuilding style training, even though you play basketball or you run, you just do bodybuilding training. You don't need to do some kind of plyometric exercises. You don't need to push these isometric exercises that you see LeBron James or XM or these players uh, are doing on the internet or whatever. Just at the end of the day, just do what you enjoy. Because I guess we're all, if you listen to this podcast, I can guarantee you're not a pro athlete. Uh, you're a weekend warrior that enjoys lifting weights, training, whatever. We've got a few pros that listen. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're at zero pro. Can they call themselves pro athletes? I guess so. Yeah, that's sick. The pro card. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I like that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. But like Bridget, for example, you're going to experience this with Muay Thai, right? How many times a week are you committing to? At the moment, I'm just going once. I'd like to be going twice. All right. So going yeah. once a week, you're going to get way better at it pretty quickly. You're yeah, going to get noob so. gains. And then you're going to hit a point where the only way you're going to get better at that is to put more focus into it. Mm is to, you know, add another day, double your volume and then double that again. You know, there's going to be a point where 
you can do the thing and you get enjoyment out of it. But if you're like, I want to be good at this or I want to push for a specific goal, like a, what are they called? Is it just called a fight? Mm-hmm. Like a meet, a, a comp, <laughs> a fight, a throw down. If you want to push, for, if you want to push for the scrap, uh, you're going to have to put more in, right? Yeah. And at some point you'll get to, you'll get to, you know, that point and you'll be like, do I really want to prioritize this? Am I happy just keeping it for health and fitness and fun? Or have I taught myself that while this was fun, my priority is elsewhere and I'm going to push that a little bit harder. And everyone listening to this should take reassurance in that. Because if you try something, like if you try Muay Thai and you get six months in and you're like, you know what? I don't actually want to push this hard to get better. And I don't want to continue because I've found out that I actually love doing something else more or I want to try something new. That doesn't mean you failed at it. If anything, you've done the opposite. You've succeeded at giving it a go and solidified what you really want. And the more you can do that, the better you get at the things that you want to do. Exactly. There's so many things out there to try. Mm. I think that um, with basketball, so I stopped playing for, because for a while I was playing like five, six days a week. And um, now I play once a week, once or twice a week. And I, I feel so shit because, you know, you lose your touch or whatever. But like you said before, Thomas, it's like, all right, well, I've decided I'm not going to get any better at this, but I do love playing basketball. Mm. So I just got to manage my expectations when I am playing, knowing I'm not going to be good at shooting, knowing my touch is going to be a little bit off, knowing that my like spatial awareness, my co- uh, spatial awareness on the court is a little bit off, but I'm just out there to have fun. Mm. Yeah, it's funny. I was, uh, I was lying in bed last night and I was thinking to myself, after I do this comp on April 1, I've got five or six weeks before then I go away to Europe for a month. And in that five or six weeks, I was like, maybe I'll get James to write me like a um, athletic sort of development program and focus on jumps and then aim for that idea of doing a dunk. And then that thought went away after like 20 seconds. And I was like, <laughs> I was so excited. Yeah. I was like, I was like, you know, what's way, what's way more important to me is just going really hard bodybuilding style. Because I know that I'm going to enjoy that more. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like, it's not me shying away from what I could do. It's just, I know what I want to do. And if I don't do what I want to do in that moment, I'll get past that point and I'll be like, wish I just did that. Mm. It's like, um, so for example, you were the BMX, Thomas. I know you don't have one at the moment. But <laughs> because, uh, you know, your, your riding time was very far and few between. Mm. But when you get back on your bike, you get on it for the enjoyment. Mm. You get on it and you practice all the moves that you can already do. You're not trying to do anything new. You're not trying to get better. But the enjoyment is doing doing the thing mm-hmm. just riding your bike and that's really hard is it like for for people who have been involved in lifting and then go away and come back it's really hard to not compare yourself to where you were like if you've deadlifted 300 and you're coming in and you're struggling with 180 it's really hard to find fun in that if all you're thinking about is the version of you that deadlifted 300 mm-hmm. mm. but if you come into it with the idea of like man, I feel like I forgot how good it feels to to lift and to lift something hard, like forget the number on the bar and just be like, that was a hard set. I forgot how good that feels. Then it reignites that spark and um, that's where people find joy because that very rarely happens. Most of the time people come back in, they're like, I can't do it. I'm so weak. I can never be as good as I was. And they just give up. Mm. Like, Of course, if you only put a few sessions in and hate yourself, you're going to give up because you're weak. If you give yourself time to build up to that, like no one thinks I could – deadlift 300 before now i can only deadlift 180 and then follows that with yeah but it took me 10 years to get to 300 no one thinks that Mm. they just expect to be that strong straight away 
I used to think it, um, when I used to skate, we'd always make, we wouldn't uh, not make fun of him, but we'd, uh, like to his face, but we'd laugh at him behind his back. Because <laughs> he was like a 30-year-old bloke that would come down the skate park and he'd just do the same tricks every single time. Like, this guy fucking sucks. Doesn't do anything different. Just does the same routine. He'll go down uh, He'll go down the bank. He'll do a kickflip up the step up. He'll manual across this manual pad. But I'm like, nah, now that I'm older, I realize, no, he was just there to... He was just loving it. Yeah. yeah. He'd go there once a week, do his routine, have fun, and then get out of there. He wasn't. He had no interest in getting better. He was just doing what uh, he can already do. Yeah. Yeah, that's me with piano. I just play mm. the same, like, five to ten songs on repeat. Mm. Um, CG, you're probably going to have to edit out this uh, quietness. <laughs> no. Well, someone, someone no, asked no, me, um, how do you train for an international comp? Because uh, there are a few people that are planning on, on doing a few world championships and international comps this year. Um, have any of you guys competed in anything internationally? Traveled internationally. for sport? Um, I, I, tr- I played in a youth world cup for touch football, but that was in Auckland. Okay, so you flew an hour. Yeah, <laughs> but I got to, <laughs> yeah, no, I got to play against uh, international countries. That was, that was the jet lag. <laughs> I was ruined. <laughs> now, but like, have you heard people say, oh, like, you were saying it before, James, you know, people say, oh, the comp's on a Saturday morning, so I'm switching my training to train on Saturday mornings. What do you guys think of that? Do you think it has stock or do you think it's a waste of time? Um, I think if you overthink things like that, you're going to find any reason for why the day didn't go the way you planned. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, I think it's dumb. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, it's hard to say with powerlifting um, because I've never had that. And I don't know the effect that jet lag would have or not, you know, performing on the day that you usually train on or whatever. I mean, I've competed on Sundays and I've only ever competed on Sundays and I've never trained on Sunday. So that's been fine. Um, from a boxer's point of view, you'd hear about guys like um, Floyd Mayweather, right? One of the best to ever do it. He would always, he's, he was pretty much nocturnal. Like he would train... And, and like do runs at 3 a.m. or 2 a.m. Like, and because his fights were always at midnight. So that's when he needed to be the most alert. So he'd all, he was always like going to bed at like 4 a.m. in the morning, sleeping through and training at night. Like it's being awake at night, being the most optimal at night. Because, yeah, at in any fight in Vegas, by the time you get to the last fight, it's like 11.30 before he walks out to the ring. And I hear about a lot of boxers doing that. Like uh, Jake Paul, he does the same thing. He, um, I've, so yeah I, I feel like people like that are already doing everything they possibly can so they're just ticking off the one percenters and they're looking mm. for anything else that they can to mm. do you have to take that out by the way you can hear you, I can hear you chewing um, that's such bad podcast etiquette I can't believe I <laughs> forgot about that um, but yeah so like people like Jake Paul Floyd Mayweather Floyd Mayweather is the best boxer in the world for a mm. reason with like an undefeated record and I feel like when you get to that point He's just looking for anything he can do to make himself better. Mm. So I feel like in one percenters, yeah, but yeah, it's just one of those one percenters. But like, do you need to do your SPD day on a Saturday because that's when the comp is or whatever? It's like, uh, nah, I think you're just being a little bit overly neurotic about your training. Mm. Um, like you don't see LeBron James going, oh, fuck, I missed, uh, I didn't shoot well tonight because normally I do my shooting drills uh, <laughs> on a Saturday morning. Yeah. Or, yeah, that's right, mm. yeah. I, I see both sides of the coin here. Like, I, th- I think if you are um, a chronic overthinker and, you know, clearing one thought of, 
okay, I'm competing on Sunday morning. I'm going to switch a day to training on Sunday morning. Big deal. Why not? Go for it. If it helps you get over that mental hurdle, I don't truly believe that that's actually a thing. I don't think it will affect you physically. But your mentality is is very powerful. So if it helps you mentally. Uh, what I will say with international competition is that, especially like if we're talking Australia to Europe or Australia to America, the flying will take it out of you. Like recovering sleep patterns and nutrition just disrupted by the 30-hour transit, it will have an effect on performance. And I've been to a lot of world championships, a lot of competitions in Europe and America, and I can tell you firsthand that the people coming from outside of the world that leave the travel too late always suffer in performance, like always, without a doubt. So try and get there earlier. That's probably going to be your best bet in terms of uh, being able to perform your best, but I wouldn't be doing anything like waking up at two in the morning. I'd also be interested with people, like the example of Floyd Mayweather, and you know how in, in those sort of sports, there's a lot of hazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you It makes, the first thing I think of is, I wonder if he just said that or if he did that to try and make other people do it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm sure he probably did it, but you know, think of someone like Arnold, and probably not the best example. Everything he said was just sarcastic. Yeah, and everyone believed everything he said. You know? Yeah, he felt like he's coming on every single rip or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> How long do you reckon it should be? Because I remember, yeah, with like with Dan going over to America, like his performance suffered, and a lot of the guys that came over here for nationals um, from the states, uh, it, it took a toll on their performance. How how long before should you? Like if we were to compete in America or they vice versa. I would say minimum of four days. Four days. As in like arriving a minimum of four days before the comp, which is normally meaning you leave five to six days before the comp. Yeah. Okay. Preferably even longer. Yeah. It is also a little bit of like, um, you know, like paralysis by analysis, like where you overthink it. Because there are really good athletes that when they do compete at these international meets or whatever sporting events it is, they can't afford to stay in these countries for X amount of time. Mm. They can't afford to stay in a hotel mm. for an extra four days. And there are really good athletes that rock, you know, they fly in the night before, they compete the next day, and they do f- absolutely fine because mm. they've got no other choice. Yep. Yeah. You yep. know, they're not, uh, they're not overly thinking about the, oh, this is going to, by me getting this amount of sleep, it's going to affect this amount of performance. They, like, m- for majority of them, they train in less optimal conditions. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, they're, they're used to training in less optimal conditions. They don't have a, they don't have the opportunity to fret the small things like that. Mm. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I just think of people like, a, um, I don't know about Jesse Uapa's financial situation or anything like that, but I used to always hear about him. He just rocks up to all these international meets. Um, they don't have food organized, nothing. They just eat whatever's available to them. You've said this about Papua New Guinea and lifters as mm, well. For sure. Haven't eaten all day and then still fucking absolutely dominate. Um, <laughs> my favorite thing, Jezza at, um, I think it was Oceania's in, in 2016 is in Christchurch and, uh, the competition was just going and he was on the day after and he was just sitting there with like, uh, it would have been like a three liter tub of rice, just plain rice and eating it with his hands just in the back of the room. It's like <laughs> munching down this rice and one of those big red tubs just with his hands. It was awesome. Jizza's the man. So in 28, when did I meet Jizza? 18, yeah. 2018. When we so, ran Oceania's. Yeah, so Jizza Uapa, I don't know, um, Bridget and CJ, if you guys know who he is. So he's one of the greatest uh, super heavyweight powerlifters of all time. Uh, what did he squat? 
He squatted something stupid. Yeah, up up near 500. He front squatted like 400 or something. Yeah. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> and so he's an absolute weapon. He's from Nauru. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so when I saw him, I was fanboying hard and Thomas knows him. So Thomas was like, oh no, we can go get a photo with him. So me and Thomas got a photo of Jezza and I was so pumped. I was like, fuck yeah, got a photo of Jezza. And then Jezza passed his phone and goes, can you take a photo of us? I was like, wait, he wants a photo. He wants a photo of his own, of me and Thomas. And then he posted it on Instagram. Yeah. That's so good. Real recognize real brother. Yeah. That's so good. But I couldn't That's believe amazing. it. I was like, this guy's the, he's so nice as well. Like, yeah. He's probably my height as well. He's like five foot six, five foot seven. 160 kilos. Yeah. 170 kilos. He's <laughs> so, a, a thick young man. <laughs> I, I heard, um, I might've been on an Angus Bradley podcast, but Jizzy Uepa can front squat more than he can deadlift. Yeah, that, that sounds about wow. right. Yeah. Yeah. And we all know how hard a front squat is. Yeah. I can't even. It literally <laughs> takes 100 kilos off your off your number, whatever sets and reps you're doing. But they're very hard. Crazy. So Gosh. that's insane. <laughs> um, but anything else to add to that? No. Nah. You, have you done international meets? Yeah, heaps. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know, but like, have you had an international meet where you've performed really well? Uh, I did decent at, at everyone that I've done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but same thing. All of the ones that I've done, I've been there at least a week before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I haven't, I haven't had a last minute one. Um, not that I can think of anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I say heaps. I've done like three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next thing I want to talk about is, I just want to see if you, if there's any trends in the fitness industry you guys dislike at the moment. <laughs> Or just trends in the fitness uh, industry. Did we do this like two weeks ago? We did did it last week. Did we? All right. Fuck. I'm running out of ideas. Maybe it's just because I've got things that I'll. Okay. uh, What What are your trends? New things. Um, one thing I've noticed is how we've regressed in terms of information. What do you mean? Like a real trend at the moment is like, look, the one thing that you got to do is train hard. (laughs) And it's like a. Same with nutrition. It's like just be in a calorie deficit. Just be in a calorie deficit. Like that's all people say now. Yeah, it's yeah. like, <laughs> didn't you, when yeah. we all got into training, we all know that you have to train hard. <laughs> <laughs> Big epiphany. Like, yeah. Yeah. Whoa, I have to try? Yeah. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> don't you, don't, like, do you reckon that's another, like I said it before. I like wonder the, what it is though. The paralysis it's, by analysis. I've noticed it too. It's the swing of the pendulum. It's just everyone being so hyper analytical to being like, nah, fuck that, just train hard, brother. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, think about your training and train <laughs> with high intensity. What's that? Whoa, it's in the middle, just like everything always is. Mm. Yeah, because I, I, I catch myself being stuck in these kind of echo chambers on Instagram and things like that, where I'm like, oh, this guy's so smart. I'm like, wait, no, that's just because I think that right now as well. Yeah. Um. So you know, you hear these. I was listening to this SNC podcast. It was a roundtable of all these really good SNC coaches, and it's almost like they're all just trying to sound so cool to each other by saying like they're all just talking about the basics like what do you do well i just jump uh, i just lift something heavy and i'm like all right we get it you guys you guys are just trying to do the opposite of yeah which is annoying because they'd put an enormous amount of thought into like the progression of the weights they're lifting mm. the reps and sets that they're prescribing for the jumps it'd all be thought out and it'd all be based on something but it's becoming cool to not talk about that yeah mm. a thousand percent uh I really like this as well because it's very simple. Like a very a trend on Instagram, like a reel or a TikTok, is uh, SNC coaches doing like jump, lift, pull, whatever. I think that's really cool. But um, 
yeah, it's the same thing. It's like we're forgetting about the, you know, there's a little bit more of a method to the madness than just pick something up heavy, mm. lift something. I think the biggest thing is people just don't know who they're talking to. Like people are putting messages out, putting posts out, and they still don't know who their target market is and what they want to hear because no one teaches you how to work that out. No one says, oh, the people that actually come to you for training just want to see that you can get them a result. They don't actually care that much about the science. And now people are like, oh, yeah, they don't care about that stuff. No, I'm just going to tell them to train hard. It's still the wrong message. The right message is, here's what I do. Here's who this is for. And here's the result that you'll get. Package that. Put that as every post. Watch your clientele just go through the roof. I always think as well on Instagram, like a lot of, for you, like your content's directed, uh, you know, your, your content's directed, uh, well, I think it's for like coaches, people that want to grow their coaching business, people that want to grow their brand. So I think that's the direction that you've gone in. Mm. But a lot of people, a lot of coaches, they get confused with, like you said, who their audience is. And I see a post, I'm like, that's not going to get you any clients. That's just aimed at other coaches to make you sound like a wanker or sound smart. And the hard thing is, is that like, uh, you know, I hate to use myself as an example, but a coach will see me posting that sort of stuff and be like, oh, that's a big wig coach because it's zero and blah, blah, blah. That's what I want to be like. Therefore, I should do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, don't do what I'm doing because your market is not the same as my market. Like you just said, I'm literally trying to talk to coaches and business owners and gym owners. I still talk to the lifters as well, but I feel like zero does that a lot more than I need to. Like my personal brand is much more with coaching stuff. Um, and so people watching me and then being inspired by that, I'm the wrong person to watch. Watch what Zero is doing. You know, watch what watch what people who have a massive following uh, like Sebastian Orb, watch what he's doing. Like look at his post. It's like, here's how you set up for a deadlift. Do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. That's the sort of stuff you need to be putting out if you're trying to attract clients. Well, that's what I thought because I've heard, uh, you know, Sebastian Arab, because he's got such a huge following, so he gets roasted a lot on the internet. And you read some of his comments, and it's like people going, who the fuck needs to know how to do an RDL? Everyone already knows how to do an RDL. Da-da-da-da, so dumb. It's like, I don't think he's talking to you, bro. He doesn't care about what the other coach thinks. He's not trying to, He's not teaching a coach how to do an RDL. He's teaching the general population how to do an RDL. He's not trying to attract coaches. He's not trying to appeal to you either. He's trying to appeal to the general population yeah. and i guess that's why he's so huge he doesn't give a fuck about trying to sound smart for other coaches yeah like you said this is how you do a bench press pull your shoulders back and down scoot chest up, whatever that's what he's doing and it helps for sure it's very helpful for sure but um um you said you wanted to play a game yeah nah yeah we're not doing that this Aww. week oh. what's the game no no we'll do that next. we'll do that another time okay now, um now i'm sad as well yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're all got it <laughs> No, I just wanted to... All right, the game was. It's kind of stupid. <laughs> but I just wanted to go around... It's quick fire. Okay. Yeah. So you're going to name an exercise and you just got to name a variation of that exercise and see how long you can go for. What do you mean? Oh Give us an example. God. So you say bench press. I was going to say Larson's, Larson press. Bridget would say dumbbell press. CJ would say feet up bench press. You'd say close grip. I've said fucking all of them, but... <laughs> <laughs> all right, go. Squat. CJ. Front squat? Uh, split squat. Hack squat. Tempo squat. Frick. That's not a variation. <laughs> I forgot the name <laughs> of the freaking Zersha. That's Zersha? Zersha. Front foot elevated. Oh, no, that's a lunge. Damn. Oh, that's a squat. <laughs> yeah. Because is a, is a squat just a, a double-legged squat. lunge? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Is a squat just a bilateral lunge? <laughs> There's no lunging in squats. <laughs> Where are you lunging to? <laughs> But who says you need to go anywhere when you <laughs> Yeah, lunge? that's right. You're lunging on the spot. Mm. Right. Uh, pendulum squat. 
or squat? Goblet. Spanish squat. Ooh, Filipino squat. What? No, no. What's that? Mister <laughs> the smoker <laughs> with the smoke cigarette. Uh, high bar squat. Pin squat. Slut squat. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, what? Whoa. <laughs> I ran out. I don't know anymore. All right, CJ's out. Later, CJ. All right, we'll start with deadlift. Wait, you know. What? Oh, we should have gone. Oh, so when someone gets out, we have to keep going. Yeah. Um, It has to be a winner. Damn, my mind went to deadlifts now. Okay. Has someone said Bulgarian? Was that me? You said split squat. Yeah, you're out. Damn. See ya. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Kittlebell squat. He said goblet squat. Two uh, bilateral kittlebell squat. (laughs) 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 I don't know if that counts. Kittlebell front rack squat. Okay, kettlebell front rack squat. Uh, squat with chains. Oh, squat with bands. Cambered bar squat. Box squats. Safety bar squat. Kabuki safety bar squat. <laughs> <laughs> my favourite. That's my favourite right there. All right. Flip, I love that. Tom, bro, you won. Yes. Good. Can you name anything else? Good, because that, that was going to be the last variation <laughs> I had before I gave up. Overhead squat. Ooh, oh, okay. All right. Nice. Tom, bro, wins. Next week, we've got a new exercise. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> Bicep curl. <laughs> All right, sweet. Thank you for uh, That's us. Thank you for listening to the Zero Weakness Wait, podcast. Wait, wasn't there anything else? Nah. What was your thing that said everyone's becoming coaches? Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, have you noticed everyone's becoming a coach? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I've seen a lot of people advertising for coaching lately. I'm like, oh, sweet. Didn't know you were Maybe it's just because you work in the industry. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that, that's the echo chamber. That, that's not something new. Everyone's been becoming a coach forever. <laughs> yeah, becoming. That's true. Well, and some people get salty about it. I think it's cool. Give it a crack. 100%. Mm. Have a go. Why not? When people get salty about it, it's like they're not stealing your business, bro. If you didn't have people that just gave it a crack, you wouldn't have Will Croziers and Sebastian Oribs and Thomas Lillies and Zeros and Nexuses and all of that. Like if we didn't give it a crack, you wouldn't have what we have. And so like mm-hmm. give it a crack. Absolutely. Have a go. Mm. You might be the best coach in the world and you don't know about it yet. Yep. The only thing stopping you from becoming a coach is saying that you're a coach. You just have to one day say you're a coach and you're a coach. Mm. Doesn't mean you're going to be a good coach. No. And my advice, do it properly. You know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Like don't just start coaching and go get the relevant insurances, make sure you're investing in your own education and trying to get better. But I mean, if you're just going out there and saying you're a coach, you're not going to be the risk of, you know, you're not going to be attracting many people because you've got no business. Mm. So, like that's, that's where me, most people come unstuck. They call themselves a coach, have a go, then give up because they don't know what they're doing. But it's the people who try really hard and actually invest in themselves and, and learning what they're doing. They get success out of it. Do you, do you know of any courses anyone can do that would help them become a better coach? Oh, James, I'm <laughs> glad you asked. Zero Coach Development course and the multiple courses that we'll be releasing to complement it this year. Ooh, how good. Sweet. That's us? Yep. Bye. See ya. See ya. Thank you so much for listening to the Zero Podcast. If you want more information, head to our Instagram, zero underscore weakness. Hit the link in the bio for all of our services and any information on upcoming workshops and events. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review so we can have a broader reach and answer more people's questions. Thank you once more.